0: So we're going through the Bible um, and finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. And so we are in First and Second Timothy now. And so Jesus is our mediator. So mediator is defined two different ways. One in the Oxford Dictionary, it says a person who attempts to make people involved in a conflict come to an agreement or go between. So Oxford Dictionary, obviously, is a good dictionary. We've had it for a long time. But I don't think it goes deeper than what the biblical meaning is. A biblical definition is one who stands between two or more parties of whose function is to bring these parties into contact or nearer to each other, resulting in unity or reconciliation. And so this word reconciliation is a, it's a big word that Paul likes to use. Uh, reconciliation is to reconcile something to something else uh, to, to fill the debt or fill uh, the void that is there. And so, i I'd rather go for the biblical defini- definition because one party is holy and righteous and understanding and wonderful and majestic and awesome and powerful, and that is God. Mm. Mm. I like my... Mm. So um, so we have this Oxford Dictionary definition and this biblical definition. And so, why do we need a mediator? If we're, I mean, we're living, we're not like dead, we're not like punished, or, you know, uh, we're all still living. So we need this mediator to help us in our spiritual life. And so, if we are not with Jesus, then we are an enemy of God. Look at James 4.4, 4. it says, You adulterous people... Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Now, I'm not saying to go out and not make friends. This is the friendship of doing what the world tells you to do. It's a me, myself, and I kind of attitude. And it's easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. And so if you're hanging around all kinds of people that are against God, what typically will you turn into? Same Same thing. So there has to be somewhere, somehow, that we encourage each other and equip each other, as Christians, to keep going. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. We are not supposed to be looking like the world, but we're supposed to hang out with them. How are they going to hear the gospel if we don't hang out with them? And if they don't hear the gospel, then how do they become free? And how do they become free if they don't know what we're preaching, and what we're teaching, and what we're living? And so he says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means..." enmity against God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That does not preach very well. If you are not with Jesus, you are an enemy of God. And so why do we need a mediator? I don't want to be enemies with God of the universe. <clears throat> now, if we are with Jesus, our enemy has turned, in, in, turned into a different enemy. Like at 1 Peter five eight. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, so who is our enemy now when we're a Christian? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Isn't it interesting that that Satan sometimes has the same name as Jesus? Jesus is the lion of Judah. And yet it's described here as, as Satan being the roaring lion interesting that he wants to mock or, or copy that which is wonderful and pure. So we're either enemies of God or we're the enemies of the devil. I'd rather be enemies of the devil because I know my God is wonderful and powerful and can destroy the devil and can destroy his schemes and his wicked things. So i rather be alert and sober-minded and pointed in the right direction as Paul has so vividly seen in 1 and 2 Timothy. So, Jesus is our mediator. He's the one that is sitting at the table saying, hey, here's God. He's holy and righteous and wonderful and powerful, and here's us sinners, broken and not a friend of God. And we wallow in our sin and we wallow in the mess and we wallow in self-righteousness and we wallow in our way of thinking of God as just a human, right? We're just going to put human qualities on him that doesn't really, you know, brings them down to our level. And I love Jesus because Jesus came down to our level and he was tempted in every way and he knows our weaknesses. He knows how to sweat and to work and to be broken and to, and to, and to hurt. And he knows about death and he knows about corruption around the world and he knows about all these things that we suffer and he is an empathetic and sympathetic God. And yet he did not sin. And so because of Jesus's sinless life, he became the mediator between us and God. He became the sacrifice. He became the go-between. And so if you see on your pieces of paper, uh, and you all have handouts, so you're going to draw yourself on this side of the cross. And then Jesus is in the middle. and we walk over the bridge, and now we are a new creation, a new name, a new purpose, a new way of life, a new thinking. We are new in God's creation. And so who was the only one that could do that? And that was Jesus Christ. And so if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 6, it says this. And here's Paul. And this word urge here means like I want you to push in the right direction. I want you to get over there. Okay? I urge then. First of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving need be made for all people. It doesn't say, hey, have petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving just on Thanksgiving day." even though I love Thanksgiving, okay? It says this all the time. We should be petitioning God for others and for his will to be done and his life to exist in our lives. We should be praying for others and praying for the world and praying for our leaders and praying for our enemies and praying for our family and our friends and our spouses. We should be, it inter- has intercession in, in us to uh, look towards other people and pray for them. And then we should be thanking God. I mean, we're, we're still breathing. We still have lungs. We still have food. We're all thinking about lunch today. We have a brain to get in that mood. And so all these should be for God's people. And then it goes a little deeper. Oh, we don't like to hear this. Here we go. Ready? So first of all, petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people for... What does he say? For kings. Oh, there's an authority. Even if we don't agree. Because oh, no. it doesn't say just for good kings. Just for the Just for the ones that agree with your political view, what does it say? For kings and all those in authority. Hmm. Oh, we shouldn't, like, throw rocks and, you know, stone them in the political realm? Interesting. That we may live what? Peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We should be set apart. And so how do we know all this? Well, here we go. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. That's why he hasn't come back. He's patient with everybody to, for them to come to Jesus and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is how many gods? How many? Okay. There's one God and one mediator between God and mankind. Here's that one mediator. Jesus. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for how many people? Or just the people we love, just the people that we are hanging out with, just the people that were buddy-buddy with them. He died for all mankind, for all people, for all political parties, for all races and creeds and colors. He died for all people. I don't know how I can express that even more. Or we just want the the ones that we like in here. (laughs) No. Jesus died for everyone. So everyone is welcome. But you will change for Jesus. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. I love God's timing. Because he doesn't have a clock. Okay? He is the God of the past, the present, and the future. Which just blows my mind because... His time is not our time. And we need to thank God for that, because his time is definitely holier and wonderful and more righteous and on the, um, the great timeline than when we say, well, we want this, this, and this, and then we have a checklist. And we're like, oh, we didn't get it. Oh, my goodness, God doesn't love me. He still does. Sorry, thirsty. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see, Arizona Tea, not a sponsor. Good. Because I don't say that in Facebook. I'm going to shut you down. So, if Jesus is our mediator, if he's the one that he's the go-between, then he is the one that we're supposed to be following. And so, 1 and 2 Timothy tells us that he is our mediator, and there's some actions that we've got to do. Because we love Jesus. Not because it's for salvation. It's because we love him. And when you have faith and when you have those things, you want to do those things because it's just bursting out of you. You're like, I want to serve. I want to do this. I want to do that. So we follow our mediator with action. Oh, there's your hand. I love that. Jesus, the way for us to be with God. Okay. We follow our mediator with action. So here, here's a, I love this this um, saying here. So again, I guess I am promoting D.C. Talk. You should go back in the 80s and 90s and listen to D.C. Talk. anyway, a good Christian man. Before one of their songs, they say this. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. If I didn't know Jesus, and if I wasn't tight with him, you know, right with him, hanging on I would probably be an atheist. Because the Christians look like the world today. We need to act like our mediator, not like the world. We're supposed to be so different that people will ask, what in the world are you doing? And now they're just saying, oh, you're just alike. How do we act matters in our faith. And Paul expected, and not even Paul, Jesus himself expected action out of us. Look at 2 Timothy 2.14. Why do we we even come to church on Sundays just to feel guilty? No. I want the Holy Spirit to convict you, and you do actions. I'm not not convicting you. This is not me. This is Jesus who's convicting you. So why do we even come? Why do we even hang out with Christians? Why do we even read the Bible? What? 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 It's just a book, right? No. (laughs) Listen to this. Keep reminding God's people of these things. How many times do we have to remind each other to say, hey, you've got to stay faithful. Hey, you got to stay faithful once a week, twice a week, three times a week, all the time, all the time. Because what's our brains do? We forget. And so there's a reminder every Sunday, and if you want to come every Tuesday and every Thursday, and the well, and you're hanging out with Christians. We should be pushing each other in the right direction, not going, oh, I I did this, Hey, yeah, you want to do that too? Yeah, well, we're just like the world. Oh, I did the voice, sorry. But look at this. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them. It doesn't say, hey, uh, just let them fall over the cliff. Let them do whatever they want. No, it says warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Now when we go to Bible study when we look at 202 two and 101 and when we're in the women's group and the men's group and we disagree with each other guess what we should be doing and I think we do a really well job of this. We love each other. We respect each other's views and then we grow with each other. We're not going to you know, slam the table like I don't want to like those words, they're stupid I'm never going to do that. Some people have more wisdom than me. And I want to learn from them. But what do we usually do? Well, he said this on Sunday. He come back. We get upset at each other because the words hurt. But if we don't hurt, then we don't grow. If we don't cut off the sin, then we don't graft in the Holy Spirit with us and mature in Christ. So we have to do something about that. Instead of quarreling, we should be respecting and loving each other and learn from each other. And so our mediator expects us to have action. Look at 2 Timothy two twenty-two through twenty-six. Flee. You know what this mean, word means, right? Like run, like a bat out of heaven. Okay. Flee. I mean literally take. I mean anything that's holding you down, run. Okay. Just like uh, Joseph uh, with Potiphar's wife, he left his clothes behind. He was literally naked running. Okay. God said, if, if it hinders you, get it off. Be completely naked in God. Not, not physically. I'm not saying and be naked. I'm saying, get everything off of you. Stop it. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Wait a minute, I thought the heart was evil among amongst all things. Who cleans the heart? God. Oh. Our mediator cleans our heart so it can be pure in his sight. Because if it wasn't for the mediator, our heart could not be in the presence of God. Look at 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Oh my goodness. Who's he talking to? He's not talking to the world about this. Who's he talking to? He's talking about us. Stop it. (laughs) It's like having a little spray bottle. Stop it. Stop that. Stop going over and quibbling over foolish arguments. Because you know they produce what? Quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. What what does everyone mean? Everyone. That means enemies, political, non-political, people, next or neighbors. Must be kind to everyone. Able to teach and not resentful. Opponents must, um, yeah. Opponents must be gently instructed. Oh, screaming and yelling and pointing the finger? Oh. Opponents must be gently instructed. Uh, kicking around, gossiping, and, and biting each other in the back? No. What does it say? Opponents must gently instructed, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of truth. And that they will come to their senses. (laughs) Hey, wake up. Come to your senses. Turn the light bulb on. Let's go. And escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. How does the devil take people captive? By foolish and stupid arguments. (laughs) Stop it. We're the church growing with Jesus. He is the head. And if he says it, we do it. And then everything else is opinion, and we talk about it, and we grow with Christ. I mean, how simple can that be? But yet we're like, no, no, I'm going over here. I'm going over here because this is where, this is about it. Jesus, what did we pray before he left his world? To be unified. And how do we get unified? Under our mediator, Jesus. Not by, well, this is my tradition and this is, and this is what i just learned together and have Jesus as our head. Who is our mediator? Jesus. And so if he's our mediator, then we have to have action. And if our actions meet our faith, then we are the light of the world, and we're not going to argue over arguments that should not be argued. Most of the time, if it's not for salvation, we probably can just learn from each other. Because salvation has, has stuck. That, that, that has not changed. Salvation has not changed. It's always been with Jesus, always has been faith, always been with God. Always. Now, we must disagree on some things here and there, but why do we have to leave the church? Why do we have to get arguments? Why do we have to hate our brothers and sisters in Christ if we're still supposed to be under Jesus, who's our mediator? And so I hope and pray before I die that all denominations and all churches and all Christians come together and stop this splitting of hairs. We need to acknowledge that Jesus is our mediator, and we learn from him. That's it. That's, a, that's as simple as the Bible can get. But yet we argue over words. And we argue over things that doesn't matter. Jesus matters. And we don't. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and growing in Jesus. With the Holy Spirit in us to grow with him. We have an eternal mediator. Thank God. <laughs> Because if I was relying on you, you would not be my mediator. We fail each other, guys. And I'm sorry if I failed you. I really am. I, I confess right now. If I haven't called you or prayed for you or seen you or haven't been in the hospital with you, I'm sorry. I am a human being. But Jesus is there. Jesus is our mediator. Jesus is the one we follow we have an eternal mediator, Jesus, that goes between us and God, who changes our actions, our hearts, and our tongues. Let's show Jesus and the world that we can act what we believe. Jesus had prayed for unity, then we need to be unified under our mediator, Jesus. That's my prayer. Let's pray. God, you are